This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 110 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm your host Ben and Gaz is with me as ever. Are you well my friend? Did you have a good Christmas and New Year and all of that jazz? Uh, that's too many questions in one. Uh, first of <laughs> all it's nice It's nice for somebody to hand over to me at the beginning of a show and know that I'm not going to be on video pulling a stupid face <laughs> as I am on Match Day Live. It's nice to be able to stare blankly out of the window knowing there's no pressure on. Um, yeah, I'm all good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, Christmas was good. Relaxed, chilled, got into a new series, which always takes over one's life. Um, mm. New Year was, you know, I've got a bar in the garden, so it was pretty much as it normally would be, but without the knobheads. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, Christmas was uh, was a relatively busy one. We, we sort of isolated as much as we could beforehand and then uh rachel went to see her folks i went to see my nana um and then came back uh, all in one day which was uh, it was a long tiring christmas um and then we watched uh, we watched the imps on on my you know our sort of household christmas day if you like uh, and new year was just a bit dull really just got drunk and watched crap on telly which is basically what we normally do anyway at this point isn't that life for more yeah. or less everybody yeah um yeah it's essentially you know that is the the, the, the sort of groundhog day that is uh 2021 at this stage but yeah. um yeah well, we've, started, we've started watching suits i know it's quite right. an old one um and we've just got to the stage now where fees stopped booing whenever Meghan markle comes on <laughs> i think i think by by episode by series five she might also start actually calling her by the character's name rather than Megan. <laughs> no that's fair um it was one that i couldn't i i couldn't get into suits um rage did she watched the whole thing in about a week because that's what she does um but uh yeah I, it was one i couldn't i, I couldn't get myself into uh, annoyingly they so. did, didn't have enough flashy colors did it and, and no it didn't have explosions didn't it? yeah it didn't explosion have any God, you couldn't buy you can't buy pajamas with the suits characters on can you or little you, figures to stand on shelves <laughs> you say that i am currently sat in some star wars pajama bottoms with a baby yoda figure on my desk having just finished the mandalorian season two so you pretty much bang on <laughs> um but no no it was good um obviously you know it was nice to to start the new year being top of the league for the third time in five years which is just bizarre from me yeah Um, i got it from twitter i don't know if it was exactly from you but you know it was uh, it was nice it's just a very nice um a very nice thing to have you know in the back pocket so oh yeah at least we're top of the league you know we might not be able to bloody do anything but 
Um, so yeah, I mean, just, just to clarify, I think it was actually Alan Johnson. Um, right. Who put it uh, yes, it was actually. Yeah, I don't claim it. yeah. Now you've said that it was. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's. <sighs> It, it, it always amazes me when people go, oh, this year's going to be better. You know, this is going to be amazing. It's like, well, how? As if the position of the Earth around the sun somehow determines how good it's going to be. Like, and then, you know, three days into three days into the new year, we're basically into a complete and total lockdown again. It's like, oh, great. OK. I mean, at least we can, you know, watch some stuff happening in America, I guess. That's better. Should we talk about football? Yeah, let's let's go yeah. on to football. I don't um, know what you're like. You'll well, I'll be sat here in an hour, and you'll still be, um, you know, calling Trump a d- dictator <laughs> or whatever. It's a good job we're not on video, guys, because you would be able to see exactly what gesture I'm extending to you at the moment. <laughs> I was going to say dictator. You could take the the tater bit off the end, I suppose, for Trump, couldn't you? Yeah, may as well. Yeah. Um, although, did you see that story? We will get to football in a second. Did you see that story about the uh, the severed foot that was found on a beach in Gateshead? No. Somebody found a uh, somebody found a severed foot on a beach, and uh, or it was somewhere in the in the northeast, and um, they they investigated it, and it turned out it was a potato. <laughs> uh, another interesting potato story, um, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, podcast fans uh, this is such a lincolnshire podcast it's unbelievable isn't it <laughs> it is though isn't it? I, I remember just before we go on i remember when fee first moved there and she she was driving up um up home every weekend driving back and one day she came in she goes what a tate what do you mean she goes i keep seeing all these signs on the side of the road for people selling tates what are they <laughs> it's like <laughs> potatoes oh uh, yeah i don't see that uh, but yeah yesterday i was sat in this exact desk doing a conference call um or a, a video call with the priory academy uh, and a guy just rocked up with a 25 kilo bag of tates giving them away for now nice just, yeah you, you know normally when someone turns up at your house you don't know with something that you haven't ordered trying to give you it you think alarm bells we looked into yeah. it, and apparently it's a farmer in um, Louth. For some reason, whether he's produced too many potatoes, I don't know. But they've spent the last week or so giving out 25 kilo bags of potatoes to as many houses as they can in the Louth area. Alan Searby, I think, of High Home Road. So I know you probably don't listen, Alan, but I'm absolutely chuffed that I'm going to be eating taste for the next six weeks. <laughs> and also, you say that there's, you know, it's a very Lincolnshire thing. I don't think there will ever be a more Lincolnshire phrase than I've just got a 25 kilo bag of tates for now. <laughs> As I said it, I realised <laughs> that I was a parody of everything I was talking about. <laughs> um, tates for now, it's all right, that is. Tates for now, yeah. So, I mean, should we start talking about football, maybe? Well, I think so. I mean, yeah, why not? We may as well. We're, we're recording immediately after a game for that very reason. So Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I mean, we, we said that, you know, we, we, we'd uh, record after the game. Gaz has got his, uh, his right up, written up uh, and it's that's live on the internet now. So uh, we said, right, we'll, we'll come on after that and uh, we'll have a chat because we know we've not had a podcast so far this year. Um, mainly because I think the new year we, we sort of, not forgot about it but it was it was nice to have a bit of a break and then uh it's sort of been creeping up on us this week because because you've not been you know you've been a bit poorly bless you so um we are it's not that don't worry it's not that or covid um, that's what i mean <laughs> christ's sake uh so yeah peterborough um i think if you'd have said to me going in you know about 11 o'clock this morning you'll come away with a one all draw um i'd have been more than happy with that and I think 
most of us would have been because we were expecting this to be a really tough game. Uh, I think Michael said before the game himself, you know, he was expecting Peterborough to fly out the traps. The first 20 minutes were going to be really difficult and would be the uh, the key to the game. And uh, he was sort of pretty much bang on for the first half, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, let's uh, let's not kind of jump straight into the game when there was so much around um, the opening kind of um, you know, the days preceding it. There were, mm-hmm. there were, is newsworthy because obviously COVID first touched down at Sinsel Bank in the weeks leading up to the Wimbledon game. Um, we lost mm-hmm. Mike Lapton. We obviously haven't spoken about that on a podcast at all, which was, you know, he's he's been off, recovered, uh, back in the dugout, which was great. But he had one day to prepare for. Um, the visit of the team who are, that I tip to win the league. You know, they've got money, they've got great players, Sammy Smollett, Reese Brown, um, you wouldn't know it from today, but, you know, really good footballers, Sariki Dembele, who I think they're hinting could be worth £10 million. If so, you and I are in luck because we're going to get multi-million pound moves as well because <laughs> he was shit today. Um, I'm yeah, to the cosh, mate. Well, yeah, do you know what? a good footballer isn't. I'll stand there and wiggle my foot over the ball for five minutes. That's not a good footballer. No. Um, but you know they, they've got means, they've got money. They had twenty-five days or whatever to prepare for the game where Michael Appleton had his team for one day. Um, I know that out of respect, we didn't. The club didn't mention who had got COVID. I, I, to be honest, yeah, that, that's their call. I guess that there's reasons for that, but it's not hard, is it? When you look at the squad and see who's not there. Um, okay. So, you know, we know we were missing Tom Hopper potentially through uh, uh, either a positive test or I actually thought about this. It could be somebody who was showing symptoms today who had tested negative because mm. the tests were done, I think, Monday or Tuesday, weren't they? So yeah, you know, I, I, I actually think we were hit a little bit worse today than initially thought, because if you think Joe Walsh was a definite, mm. Tom Hopper was is a definite. Theo Archibald wasn't involved today and we only had six on the bench. So you would think he's probably been ruled out through it. Harry Anderson, there's four. David Kerslake wasn't on the bench. There's five. And I don't think he was the only member of staff that wasn't. No, Michael so, mentioned somebody in the uh, in the post-match as well. So there was there was two sort of bench staff, um, yeah, I guess Richard, you could say. Richard O'Donnell? I think it was, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, it was. So, you know, you, you're looking there at what, six or seven? Yeah, and and there again highlights a real inconsistency in the build up to the game mm. because I spoke to Adam Jackson on Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday and he was saying how in the build up to the Wimbledon game it was David Kerslake and Rich Rich O'Donnell who were delivering the training with Michael Appleton and Steve Crowdston off and then you have to swap that round again so you know it's far from ideal don't get me wrong it's not you know Wimbledon level seven players out with COVID. Uh, but don't I don't think fans should underestimate the impact of having staff off mm. as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that adds a little bit of context, um, not only to the team selection, uh, but also the first 30 minutes where we were utter garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think before, like you say, before we, we sort of delve into the 90 minutes, I think the um, I think, like I said, the, the build up is is it's pretty key isn't it you know going into games and then you've you've not got that time with your with your staff you've not got that time with your players and it's it almost makes it sound like you know people are going to be looking for excuses going oh Peter we've had so much time to prepare for this game but it I mean it's just the facts of how it is um I think obviously we knew that Harry was probably going to be out given the fact that he was isolating last week and then 
that was potentially going to be, you know, falling within his 10 days today anyway. Um, so it's whether Harry is in that group. And I think obviously the other, I think the other thing is you mentioned there about the players that are, uh, that are potentially tested positive. You've always got the players that, you know, they live together as well. You know, they, they're roommates, they're whatever, you know, they're, they're sharing accommodation. So that it could potentially be transmitting that way as well. Um, you know what? I think I think there's fewer of those this season um, yes. than in usual seasons. It's probably a you know a, a positive point. I mean, most of the players I've chatted to mm. are living up here with girlfriends. So like James Jones has got a place of his own. I think Anthony Scully has. Um, Adam Jackson has uh, quite a few. I think Teo Eden might be in a place of his own now as well. And, and the clubhouse um, in uh, one of the villages outside Lincoln you know, did have. Alex Bradley, Robbie Gotts, and I think somebody else in it. And that was then down to Robbie Gotts because players have gone out on loan. So, um, but you're quite right. Again, it's, you know, were we still in that position where there was three or four lads living together? Like when Harry Anderson lived with Josh Vickers, for instance, you know, there'd be mm. far more risk as well. Interesting yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's. I, I don't know what the living arrangements of everybody is at the minute. It's, it's, it's well, Everything's all up in the air. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you didn't. I'm hoping you didn't know before because it'd be a bit stalkerish. Lincoln <laughs> City FC. Ben knows where you live. <laughs> now, come on, no. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, well, going into the game, then um, I, it was it was one of those conversations where I'd I'd had with I'd had a conversation with a bunch of people in a couple of group chats, and I was like, you know they're all premier league fans and they're going to be, you know, watching all the, all the premier games and, and following, you know, the top foreign leagues. And I said, look, Lincoln are on uh, on sky on Saturday, give it a watch. It'll be great. And they're like, Oh, for God's sake, Ben. I said, no, come on. It'll be good. You know, it'll be decent. You'll get to see, you know, the team that I follow and all the rest of it. And I had to convince like two or three of them to watch it. And after about 15 minutes, I'm sat there going, why, why did I do this? Um, and, I think they they took quite a lot of pleasure in the goal, um, just for the fact that they could take the piss. To be fair, I think you'd get on quite well with them, Kaz. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't the best opener, and I think Michael was bang on when he said, you know, that first fifteen twenty minutes was going to be key. Peterborough absolutely flew out the blocks. You know, they were they knew what they were doing. Um, they kept possession and I think we were trying to play him on the counter, but it seemed like a really, really dangerous game when Peterborough were playing the way that they were doing. Um, you know, that there wasn't that much of an opportunity to do it. And then ultimately I think something that we're probably going to come on to um, in a little while, because I know we spoke a little bit about it off air, but some of the distribution was, was dodgy at best. Um, and then uh, particularly, you know, I thought, I thought Teo probably misplaced one or two passes that were not the most difficult ones. Um, and then, you know, ultimately the goal, I think much as I don't like singling out players for stuff, I think, you know, I think Bridcut was probably at fault for the, you know, for the goal. I think it was a you bit think? of a mistake. Well, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> he slipped over on his arse in the area when he could have put his gloves through it. Do you, yeah. uh, the, do you think he might have been a fault for it? Um, <laughs> sorry, Ben, to jump in. Do you because you kind of you did one of the QI that that Alan you know the mer, mer, mer yeah. alarm there because the Teo Eden thing. Um, yes, he misplaced a couple of passes, as did quite a few players in that opening period. TJ Ioma did, James Jones did, Liam Bridcut did, and yet for some reason TJ seems to be labelled as the one that does it. 
Um, and I, you know, I, I realized later on in the game, maybe why that might be, it might be a little bit subliminal because at one point, Teo, uh, they were attacking down the right and he put a great challenge in, won the ball, got it clear and the ball didn't go to a Lincoln player. And when I say got it clear, it wasn't that he looked up, looked to try and play a pass and and misplaced it. It was that he won the ball in a dangerous area defensively and put his foot through it to get rid of it. And in commentary, and I, I'm not critical, do you know what I mean? But I just picked up on it in commentary. Instead of it being, well done, Teo Eden for picking for winning the ball, it was, you know, oh, he's, he's undone his good work there by giving the ball straight away. And I think that's perception. So somebody's perception of how the game is going can then filter through um to other people especially those that were not watching the game uh, perhaps not so much this afternoon because obviously fewer people were probably listening to michael and tomo there was probably more people watching on sky and i don't know what they were saying on sky so but um, for me and as i as you quite rightly pointed out i was having a look at some stats and and teo's Pass completion is actually only four percent less than George Grant, believe it or not. So, um, you know, I just I mean, I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not sitting there singling him out and going, you know, it was you know he he was to blame for stuff. I just thought it was it, it seemed a little bit obvious. And again, I think that might be partly what you're saying is you know there might be that element of you're you're more acutely aware of it if somebody has that that little bit of a maybe an ill-gotten reputation i think the um i think the other immediate sort of comparison there is for uh is, is for brennan johnson you know the from a from a opposition point of view um i know we we spoke before we didn't really get to do it on the podcast but um there was the incident over christmas where you know i don't really understand how we weren't awarded a penalty um when brennan johnson got fouled in the area quite obviously you know and it's it's maybe that sort of a um, a reputation that, that Teo's got on. And again, I, you know, it is unfair. Um, I just wonder if that's potentially what was picked up on. Mm. We'll move on. I'm, I'm strongly disagree. I don't, I don't understand why he would have a reputation for doing that. Um, I, it baffles me. Um, let, yeah, move, let's move on to the goal, I think. And as you quite rightly say, we didn't have three meaningful passes threaded together in the first 11 minutes and I know that because I was making notes and you know they were one the up at that point and I feared that we were then looking at Portsmouth and Sunderland you know mm. and we gave them the goal they didn't score the goal we gave them the goal, mm. goal because you know, we could have put the foot through the ball and got rid of it and we didn't that's then led to a shot that we blocked that's kind of then come out hit our own player on the ass and gone in and it's you can't blame TJ Ioma. He's tried to block a shot that subsequently has been blocked behind him. I, I can't recall who blocked a shot behind him anyway. Um, yeah, and it's just, you know, I sat there at that point just thinking, Jesus Christ. And I, I, I actually think there's a certain curse when Sky put our games on. And I remember much of our FA Cup run was either BT Sports or the BBC. Um, mm. But when Sky have us on, I remember us being on against Sky, being on Sky against Cambridge, drawing one all. It was awful. Losing to um, Bolton, it was awful. You know, Sky had us on when we got pumped seven two by Liverpool. Uh, they, we just we don't mould well with Sky coverage. But even though Peterborough won a lot, and even though they're laden with talent, I thought they were disappointing as well. Even when we were handing them the game on a plate, they couldn't kill us off. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing was going into the uh, going into the break. Um, 
it definitely seemed like we were the team that was, you know, on the up and up throughout the the first half. Um, once we'd gotten over that shaky start, um, and I think I think you you sort of said it, and I think a few people said it after that. You know, we, we were the team that looked like we wanted to win it, um, particularly coming out in the second half. Um, it was once we got the the sort of simpler stuff right. Um, I think it, it just seemed like we tried to overcomplicate everything. Um, and it didn't just didn't come off for us in the first half and then coming out in the second half. And uh, well, I think Michael made it. He said that he made his feelings quite clear in his post-match interview, which probably means gave him a bit of a bollocking. Um, but I think uh, it, it obviously did its job because we came out and scored within the first couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, not to, to kind of brush over the, the, the later stages of the first half, because I thought that we, we were easing our way into it um, and we had a couple of good chances. Uh, I think mm. Remy Howarth probably showed another relatively poor decision and, and I, you know, I'm not going to jump on Howarth, but his, his decision making um, hasn't always been the best. I think he did one of the away games. Um, he, he made an awful decision uh, in December and you know, his little rush of blood. Um, I think he'll become more composed over time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not certainly not writing him off, but you know, we, we could have levelled on the half hour mark. Um, I thought Brennan Johnson uh, was better placed in, in that particular incident. Obviously, there was the George Grant free kick, which has gone around the side of the wall and into the side netting. We had an Adam Jackson header as well. So in actual fact, um, I think from 30 minutes onwards, we, we, we look to get in the ascendancy. I wonder mm. if we're giving good teams too much respect um potentially you think we did we did the same against Sunderland and and we only really got into the game against Sunderland when we were 3-0 down in the first half we only really got into the game against Portsmouth when we'd handed them a couple of silly goals as well and yeah maybe maybe I'm wrong but with a with a relatively young squad perhaps we're giving opponents too much respect um he certainly looked that way with Peterborough, and when, in actual fact, they didn't bring an awful lot to the party, um, mm. we were able, as you then correctly say, to try and get our game going. We didn't in the first half; it was still bitty. Um, but again, again, it's it's a te- I keep saying this word; it's a testament, but it is a testament to how far we've come. That mm. in actual fact, we were one 0 down at half time against Peterborough, thinking this game's here for the taking. When you know, when they've had a nice long layoff. Um, maybe we didn't look sharper. And as you said, what the game needed was us to come out and hit back quickly. And I think it was the first first chance of the half. You're playing devil's advocate on a perfect pitch in, in you know, on a summer's day or a late spring day. That goal doesn't go in because mm. the ball bounces right in the six yard area on a hard surface and takes it beyond the defender and straight to Anthony Scully. Mm. But I'm not going to, um, not going to, kind of hold back I thought Scully was excellent today um mm. and you know, he's got what nine goals now this season in 25 games yeah and that's that's not bad for a player that's been you know fighting for starts mm. yeah I mean I think the um the, the point you made there about the uh, about Howarth and his decision making I think there was also um I think there was a, a moment a little bit earlier on where Brennan Johnson put it over the bar and I think Scully was uh, there was a square ball that he could have played there. And I think, you know, it's it's that thing about the composure. I think if you have two two instances where you've got, a, you know, a shot you can take on or you can square it. And I think, honestly, two square balls, we probably would have gone in 2-1 up at half time. Um, but 
you know, it was it's it it is what it is at that point, and um, you, you're spot on about coming out in the second half and uh, the first first move really of the of the half um, leading to the goal. Um, it was exactly what we needed, and I think getting you know starting the second half essentially on level terms after a disappointing first half was uh, it gave us a real bounce, and I think the fact that Peterborough essentially when you you know when it comes down to the ninety minutes they changed half of their team is is a sort of testament to how we did because I think we were we they didn't really know after their initial burst of you know dominating the game they didn't really know how to do uh, how to deal with us and I think like I said that was showed with the substitutions that were made they to be fair they only dominated possession um, rather than dominating yes. the game yeah, don't sorry, think they yeah. created yeah, anything yeah. clear cut and and all of their changes came after what was another um, key thing, key moment? They they didn't come immediately after the goal between mm. our goal on forty nine minutes. Their first change um, then came twenty odd minutes later. So yeah, I I think to be fair, we scored and that gave us. I think I think it was. You know, I don't want to make. I sometimes make this about uh, the opposition, but I think this game was very very much about us mm. in that you know, we believed then in ourselves. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, for me, you know, people are talking about the, the, when the game changed. You know, we've just said how we came into the ascendancy in the latter stages of the first half, how the goal may have changed the game. I actually think the change in the complexion of the game came actually on 54 minutes when um, Morgan Rogers came on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about Morgan because he, he uh, again, obviously, we've not had the podcast beforehand, so we've not really been able to talk about uh, him as a signing. Um, lots of people coming out and saying this is a phenomenal signing. This is a great thing, you know, and it's, um, it's, it's always interesting when people react extremely positively to, to a, a signing that we haven't seen yet. But I think this is, this is different. And I think you said it on match day live today when, you know, this is a player that is currently worth 4 million pounds or more. You know, it's not a, he's not a player that, has had a past where he's gone to a club for a million or two and you know we've we've signed him in the last stages of his career like he's still only 18 and he's you know four million pounds of of talent been signed by Man City so I think there was a lot of excitement to see when he came on and I think he immediately started to to show that um I think it was when he when he ran back and and sort of helped out to Teo at left back and then he just basically stood there like you could see how strong he was as a player and and the, the condition that he's had at Man City, obviously, you know, gets back there, stands his ground. And that was, I think that was probably a bit of a statement from him that he wasn't going to be pushed around and you could see it going forward as well. Um, and I didn't realise from, from what was said, uh, you know, beforehand, I didn't realise how tall he was. He's bloody huge. He's loud, isn't he? Yeah. I was uh, one of the guys that, um, that I know that's, that's on the medical team. He, he rang me after the game and said, yeah, he's, he's, Fucking huge. Um, he said, standing next to um, goalkeeping coach, he said, you know, he's a big lad on his own, but he's taller than him. And then standing next to Anthony Scully, it was quite a quite an eye opener because uh, there was quite a disparity. Um, but yeah, he, he looked promising, didn't he? Yeah, I thought so. Um, I picked up on his his size. I hadn't done in much of my analysis. I'd I'd read that he was likened to Deli Alley, six foot two. Um, but he, he doesn't really strike you until until you've seen it. And 
you know, it's, that's important. I actually found it at times hard to tell Johnson and Morgan apart. Um, very similar in, in kind of the way that they play the game. Now they're attacking. Uh, very similar when your I follow feed looks like it's been filmed on a brick. Um, so, it, you know, and same types of player. Do you know what I mean, they were picking up the same positions and and, and that sort of thing. So um, I think he's an incredibly exciting signing and I'm desperate for um, him and, and Brennan to get you know, a couple of months together rather than a couple of games together. Because I think it, it's a dimension that it changed this game. But going forward, that could be how we uh, line up from the start. And, you know, we talk about those early chances, talk about the Brennan Johnson not squaring early doors to Scully. I think it was you know, just before the 20 minute mark and he's gone away and fired over. If you've got two players like Rogers and Johnson, who well, there seems to be some sort of synergy there. They know each other. You know, to be fair, they, neither of them particularly know Anthony Scully apart from having trained with him now through the season potentially there'll be a partnership there um you know it could be either of them breaking whereas normally you expect at the moment it's johnson who's breaking and it's the other players finding the positions mm. whereas this i think with rogers gives us the option for rogers to be doing the breaking in the same way that johnson does mm. with that devastating pace um yeah when i say he changed the game it, it wasn't as if he came on and he had massive impact on his own um but it looked to me like he went in a wide position george grant then sat a little bit deeper in midfield and and now probably grant's best position is in in that attacking midfield if we play a 4-3-3 and it's kind of a little triangle in the middle of the park i don't like to see him in the bridcut role um and I, I think he gets a little bit lost out on the wing at times i think he's he's kind of the eight uh, alongside james jones um and i i think when grant's in that position he pulls the strings and that allowed then a little bit more freedom ahead. Uh, and if this game was four or five matches into Morgan Rogers stint at Lincoln, uh, I think we win it because I think people are more in tune with where he's going to go. He's more in tune with where they're going to go. You know, on, on the notes that I've made, there was a couple of opportunities where you know, Rogers puts a cross in or Rogers makes a run that it, it may not quite have been read. Um, and that's not to the detriment of either the player it's literally just it will come with playing football on a regular basis with each other so um really exciting uh yeah fantastic um to see rogers make his debut it was always going to happen but it was actually quite a big kind of gold star on remy howarth mm. to get the start because the obvious the obvious shout was george grant to play in midfield with james jones and liam bridcott in our first choice regular three in midfield and then play rogers from the off he's clearly fit enough to play from the off he's clearly got got that in the locker so to give remy the start um and, and to give him probably you know almost an hour mm. was i don't want to say a pat on the back because it sounds condescending um mm. but it, you know it, it was almost like validation for his efforts you know you're a first team player um he didn't even start the last game so it's not like you can say he played because it you know don't break up a winning team he only got a minute against um Wimbledon in, in, in the last minute of the game so good man management yeah I mean it I was think. um I, I think I think the, the the thing you're saying about there about the just everything clicking with with um with Rogers and the other players it, it was summed up with when the ball got kind of pushed out to him on the on the left and he volleyed the crossing um and nobody was expecting it I think everyone was kind of maybe expecting him to take a touch and then pass the ball across and it's those kinds of moments when you think, oh, OK, well, once they get used to that, you know, you'll have Brennan Johnson maybe probably 
you know, pushing forward a little couple yards further forward. Um, and then he'll be on the end of that cross and it's a goal. It's, it's stuff like that, that, you know, will take time and training and stuff to, to go through. And I think, um, yeah, it was, um, it's, it's a promising start. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what happens. And, uh, just, we've spoken about it off air, but I mean, we've both kind of think the same thing on this one that you say there about, you know, give, Brennan Johnson and uh, Morgan Rogers a little bit of time to to settle in. Do we think that's going to happen, or do we think that Forrest are going to pull a Tyler Walker on us? Well, no, I've been so critical of um, local media discussing this issue in the past that I've now got myself blocked um, by one prominent member of local media. So, yeah, oh. um, uh, so I uh, I almost feel like a, a little bit of a hypocrite talking okay. about it because we don't know um but no no i'm going to talk about it because i don't care about being a um yeah i i don't think that they're going to recall brennan johnson to be honest i think if they were going to recall him the likelihood would have been that they would have done it for today's fa cup game um which i think the young lad taylor was it jake taylor they recalled from scunthorpe uh, i'm not sure there and scored the winning goal um so i think he's gone back and scored i'd be very surprised if they do recall him given what what we're hearing um ironically from local media who i've criticized for talking about it so um you know i i think there's a time and a place to talk about it and january is the time and place to do it not november um but i'm certainly um didn't mean to cause individual offense so uh yeah let's hope so and, and just before we move on to what was probably the other defining moment of the game rather ironically i picked up on crew didn't i in the uh match day live saying yep. that they were you know, if they go and they win at Rochdale, they're, they're going to be a big sign. They were three 0 up at half time, and I was telling you were saying how we had struggled to get my ego on the show. Yeah. Uh, well, good old Rochdale have managed to take a massive old pin to my ego. It's now three three. Oh wow. <laughs> oh dearie me. Thanks Rochdale. That's. Uh... <laughs> Class. Uh, yeah. Oh, so man. probably the the next talking point. I don't know how far how this is the most we've ever talked about a game. Um, so you can tell it's only just happened. Um, but yeah, the penalty, the red card. Yeah, uh, was it was it a straight red? Because I was under no. the impression it was it was a second yellow. Yeah, it was a second yellow. Yeah, right. it was. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, no no question in my mind that it was a you know it was a penalty. No question in my mind that it was a it was you know an offence that was deemed worthy of at least a yellow card. Um, it was a really good save from the lad, to be fair, uh, but. Yeah, no doubts at all about that. Um, I did see some Peterborough followers and, you know, some other people saying that they should have had a penalty at the other end um, a little bit later on, which we'll, we'll come to. But I, I don't think that's that was a fair shout at all. Um, yeah, I think um, anybody that gets at George Grant for, for not scoring that penalty is an absolute moron. Um, it was it was a disappointing penalty. It was, you know, disappointing not to. To, to take the lead it was the best chance we would have had in the game but these things happen you know it's it's unfortunate and you look at everything else that George Grant's done in that game today he like you said he pulled the strings I think he was um I, I, you know Tom I gave him his man of the match personally I would have given it to Liam Scully no I wouldn't I've given it Anthony Scully and I keep doing that um for sake um yeah personally I would have given it to Anthony Scully but you know, Tomo gave it to, to to George Grant, and I think ultimately he's 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 posted on social media in the in the time since saying you know he's going to learn from it and and everything else. But um, 
yeah, it, it was it was just disappointing and, and one of those things, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the missed penalty because it happens. Um, all I'll say is I did the article on XG uh, and the averages that you, you score three and four. And I think that um, George Grant has missed, what, now two in eight or nine. And one of those he followed up and scored. So, you know, arguably due a miss. I actually thought that as he put the ball on the spot, I thought he's due a miss. Um, which is easy to say afterwards, isn't it? Uh, like I'm some sort of Nostradamus. Um, but that's, you know, these things happen. Uh, I think the referee was he, he was left with no choice. He had already booked Thompson for a, a tasty foul. There was a lot of meaty challenges in that game. Yeah. yeah from absolutely. both teams. Make no mistake, we were lucky. We were lucky to finish with 11 men on the field. I'm not going to gloss over that. Mm-hmm. Liam Bridcock could have walked for a couple of challenges post his, after his yellow card. Um, I've, I've since had a message from Pete telling me he thinks James Jones was lucky to stay on the field as well, which I unfortunately missed his yellow card, courtesy of the spinning wheel of love on iFollow, um, <laughs> which, you know, is probably my internet connection as well. Uh, but it was, a, it was a handball. It's a deliberate handball. Uh, so it's a yellow card and it's a penalty. Now you talk about the other yellow, the other handball, that's from Johnson Clark Harris's free kick. Yep. which has been handled by TJ Ioma. Um, I'm actually going to side with the Peterborough fans here because to the letter of the law and, and the, the new handball rule from the summer, that is handball and that is a penalty. Whether it's deliberate, whether there's an action to move, whatever, does not matter. And I had this discussion many times with, with Pete on the phone. Um, if the ball hits your hand in the area, it's a penalty. The fact is, Ioma's put his hand up to his eyes to shield from the sun, and the ball has gone straight into his hand. He hasn't moved his hand to the ball, but that's irrelevant. Um, by the letter of the law, they should have had a penalty. Not a yellow card. Thompson's was deliberate, hence the yellow card. Ioma's wasn't deliberate, but it is a penalty. You see, I the reason that I, I said, well, I don't think I agree with it, um, is... I, I don't know I, well I'm presuming um because obviously the iFollow feed was uh, essentially the sky feed without the commentary yeah. um they were obviously talking about it at one point because they showed it again and they slowed it down quite substantially um and they showed it from behind the goal and if you look at the footage from behind the goal it doesn't look like it actually hits TJ uh, yeah it doesn't look like it hits TJ Aoma it okay. it lo- it looked to me like it hit um, whoever was second in the uh, in the wall. So it, if you look at it from the back, um, and I'm sure there'll be you know some salty fans somewhere showing it, but it, it genuinely didn't look to me like it had hit um, Aoma on the way through. Um, so that's the reason I I don't think it was a penalty. If it did hit TJ, then yeah, I would agree. But there was. Um, when they slowed it down, you could see like the daylight between TJ's hand. And I genuinely can't remember who was second along in the wall, but it didn't hit TJ's hand because it, it you couldn't see the ball come through past the, I, uh, past the shoulder. I'd be annoyed if it was against us. I, I, I'd see the, well, I wouldn't because I'm a lot more laid back about that now, but I could see the shout for the penalty. Mm. Um, and, and if, if it has hit his hand and again, you know, as, my internet today was such that I can broadcast in high definition from my shed, but in my lounge, uh, it looks like I've, I've filmed something on a 2010 Nokia uh, to to watch the game. Um, so it, it looked like a handball to me. And just to clarify, it wasn't Jake Taylor that scored for Nottingham Forest. It was Lyle Taylor. It was Lyle Taylor, yeah. I was going to say, I thought, I didn't realise Lyle Taylor had gone out on loan. Um, no, Jake, Jake Taylor had been out on loan. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like when recalled. you said, oh, 
Yeah. That I just saw Taylor. Uh, interesting enough, with an assist by from a guy called Bong. So cool. Quite funny. Bong. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, after I think uh, yeah, after the penalty, uh, we should really have gone on and killed the game off. Um, again, I, I mentioned Pete a bit. He's messaged me since and said there wasn't a meaningful shot on on christy pym's goal after that there was um james jones i think had a a, a shot that was saved from a, a grant cross it was an average cross uh sorry an average effort that was saved um but we we didn't people people will say we didn't press home the advantage but as you pointed out peterborough made five changes it disjointed them many of those changes were um kind of more defence-minded players. I think Dan Butler was one who came on, who I think is a more defence-minded player. Is it Niall? Was it Niall? Is it Mason? No, he's the kid that got done for um, a crime. <laughs> I'll not say what. Uh, but he got sacked, didn't he, by Doncaster? Uh, uh, I, I can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, he did. Honest. He got done for sexual assault and was sacked by Doncaster. Um, oh. And Peter offered him. A, you know, he, he served his time or Whatever. Mm. I don't know if he went down for it or I'm not sure, but he's entitled to re- resume his career. Um, so he obviously came on. I think Ethan Hamilton came on, who's a more kind of defensive minded player from Manchester United um, for Idris Kanu. So, you know, they, they made numerous changes with an eye with a, an eye for hitting us on the break. I think uh, Ricky J. Jones came on, who's more of a pacey attacking player. Ryan Broom came on, who again, was he was at Cheltenham and he, he's a classic Peter Brown. Find you know they've gone to the League Two, bought one of the best players from League Two for more than other clubs in League Two could afford, in the hope that they can sell him to the Championship for you know giving him the platform to play. Um, mm. But he didn't really help. Uh, they they still looked disjointed. Johnson Clark Harris still hit the wall again late on with a free kick which didn't hit somebody's hand, um, and we could have won it. I think um, Scully had a couple of efforts. I think he had a a shot saved late on. He had another one that he just touched wide as well. So. I can't I can't rave enough about Scully and looking at the early um, ratings on the uh, on the website, people seem to agree. Um, I think he's um, he's currently man of the match by some distance. Mm. Yeah, I think he had a I think he had a standout standout game today, and he he seems to be that consistent. You know, seven eight out of ten, if not more, uh, which is you know what what we what you keep saying we we want from players at the moment. So. Um, yeah, uh, I think overall, um, if you look at it on, you know, in the bigger picture, I think it was it was a, a decent point. But at the same time, when you look at it on paper, you know, uh, you look at it beyond being on paper, you think mm, probably should have taken all three there. Um, but it, it it just goes back to what you're saying. It shows how far we've come that we're now disappointed that we've not taken all three points against Peterborough. Who, yeah, no. We both tip to win the league. Yeah, football's all about context, um, mm. and context changes. So ten o'clock this morning, if you say you can draw one all with Peterborough, we take it because of the size of the club that they are, the players that they've got, uh, because of the situation going into the game. But all that changes on um, sixty-five minutes when they have a man sent off and we get a penalty at one all. You know that immediately changes the context. But mm. on the hour mark, when it's one all and it's eleven against eleven, you know a draw is probably not a bad result again. And yeah, it could be worse. It could be Grimsby. We've just been pumped three nil at Port Vale. And if Southend win one nil at Barrow as they at home to Barrow as they are doing now, mm. Grimsby will be within touching distance yeah. at the bottom of the league. Um, so 
again, I, I think I picked up on it. You know, it wasn't so long ago. Idris Khan, who started for Peterborough, when he first signed there as a 17-year-old, I think, um, we were linked with a loan move for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was what I, I remember scouring Peter United's youth squad and young players to see which ones I thought we would sign on loan in the National League. Mm-hmm. That's how far we've come to a point now where I'm watching Lewis Monsmer um, doing a little trick to get round the centre forward and George Graham doing a little drag back thinking people are probably going to be looking at them thinking they want to buy them. Yeah. Um, you know, and well, the I mean, you know, the thing is we, we also have the, the link of obviously Harry Anderson came in on loan and, you know, he, he was one of those products of, of Peterborough coming in. Um, and, and loaning us a player to get through a season and quite I still don't know how how it was managed to be pulled off but you know they bought both uh, Harry and Bozzi in on, on full transfers shortly after and they've always been that club that I think people look up to in, in the business sense um, not necessarily in, you know personalities and football sense but there we go um, and personality wise Peterborough probably got more than most you well know, Darren, I mean, you know, Darren McCanton is a, a decent bloke yeah, well, again, Darren McCanton is. Yeah, I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's an arsehole. I don't, okay, Steve no. Evans was there, but you know, Steve Evans is like a shit stain that gets on everything. Whereas when Peterborough as a whole, you've got your Barry Fries, who I don't think is a bad personality and hasn't been for many, many years. Quite like Darren McCanton, I'm not a Darren Ferguson fan. I think the one problem for me with their recruitment policy, and it might be the difference between a 10 million striker and not is that they don't tend to borrow attacking players, um, strikers, etc., from big clubs. They want to produce their own strikers because that's where the big money is. And for me, that's all well and good if you can continue the chain. So if you can jump from a Dwight Gale to a Britta Sambalongo to a, a Connor Washington to whoever, um, Ivan Tody, that's great. But if you get to a player who, and I suspect this might be the case, you get to a Johnson Clark Harris, who I think on his current form and, and might be wrong, I'm not a scout, but on his ability, I think they'll struggle to turn him into a major profit like they have done with players in the past. Mm. You kind of hit a little bit of a wall uh, yeah. with with it and and you look at us with Brennan Johnson and Morgan Rogers that going forward we could be an incredibly impressive looking side pressing for promotion yes we'll lose both of those players at the end of the season um, but you know clubs have survived in the championship on loans mm. Derby had Mason Mount not so long back West Brom had Harvey Barnes for six months and he helped you know help push them right away up the table towards the Premier League so yeah mm. We we do want to be very much like them in terms of our recruitment policy and flipping players, but I think that we are a little bit slightly more sensible with it. Mm, you know, yeah. I look at players like um, I think it's Matty Stevens. It was Peterborough and went to Forest Green. Um, Alex Woodyard. You know, a player will fail and will be cast aside, and, yeah. and they they kind of trawl the net quite wide. And I think when you look at the, at the moment, I think actually they've got a few misses. I think um, I think they're overvaluing Dembele on today's. Um, I think yeah. I think Reese Brown is a player who could could earn them some money, um, but was anonymous. I think Johnson Clark Harris is a good League One player. Um, so yeah, I I would like to see. Well, no, I wouldn't actually. And but I think Peterborough fans would like to see a lot more from them. You know, mm. Considering they were the favourites, I don't think they were even the third or fourth best team. Mm. And we've seen yeah. it since about this season. 
no, I think you you bang on on that. I think, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I think we'll probably wrap it up there uh, for the for the game. But yeah, a, 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 another point on the board. We're now five clear, I think, of, of Hull, who at the time of recording play tonight. So that'll be a very interesting game because we're actually hoping that Sunderland win, um, which is bizarre. Um, because you know, six weeks ago we wouldn't wouldn't have said that at all, would we? No, it's football strange. I don't, you nineteenth know, November twenty sixteen, we went to Forest Green and could have gone what twelve points behind them in the league and won three two. Mm. On yeah. that day, Sunderland beat Hull three nil in the Premier League. Well, that's and a stay. That's yeah. a start, isn't it? <laughs> today we're we're what four and a half years later, and we're looking at that game thinking. Whoever wins that is still not going to be uh, near us on points. Even if Hull win, I know they'll they'll have a game in hand, but we'll still be two points clear. Yeah. Jesus, um, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say that that's probably a good spot to wrap up the game. Um, obviously, a couple more bits of news uh, throughout the week. Obviously, the the COVID situation is one of them. Um, we're not going to sh- uh, preview the Shrewsbury game because at this moment in time. It's looking increasingly likely that the game's going to be off. They've obviously had, a, a, I think, quite a large outbreak in their squad. Uh, their training ground's currently closed and their game today was called off. So it, it's it's a bit pointless doing it for a, a game that's potentially not going to happen. Um, I mean, the, um, the, the other game that we've got to look forward to is Accrington on Tuesday night in the Papa John's Trophy. I'm not calling it. The other thing that I normally call it, because Gaz was saying that he was going to take the piss if I do. So, um, what what are we expecting from Tuesday night? Hard to tell. Um, we know that Accrington are a decent side, but you never know what sort of team anybody's going to put out in uh, in the Pizza Trophy. Um, <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think you could argue that Accrington, like us, <laughs> probably got a relatively. Sorry, mate. A relatively small squad. So, you know, it's going to be interesting in that respect because the games are coming thick and fast. They've they've got a lot to make up. They've only played 17 games so far this season, which on a normal season would probably be up to the end of October, beginning of November. So they've got a lot to get in. Um, So it could be, when I say a weakened Accrington side, we don't know what that actually looks like. Um, For us, I think almost certainly you're going to get to see uh, Zach Alvazetti. Mm-hmm. I think he'll play. Obviously, there'll be the the COVID players will will still be out uh, this game. I would imagine Morgan Rogers will probably get a start, get some minutes into him. I would imagine Remy Howarth will probably get a start. Uh, Alex Palmer almost certainly will. With one eye on Saturday, thinking that we may not have a game, um, you could actually see a relatively strong Lincoln side. Because let's not forget, there's there's good prize money at this level of the competition. I'm not quite sure what it is. I didn't have, I didn't have time to do my research. I've been recording or watching football since 10 o'clock this morning. Um, so, you know, it could be another five-figure sum going into the club's bank account. That could be the difference between picking up a, uh, a new face in the window to help cover what is a bit of an injury crisis mm. or what certainly has the potential to be an injury crisis. Mm. You know, you yeah. lose a couple of players and, and we're in the, the Browns. Interesting. I do think um, that you know, if, if we do miss next week's game, that's not going to be a bad thing because I think we're then Saturday, Tuesday, or Tuesday, Saturday through to the end of the month. I seem to think it's um, 
is it uh, Shrewsbury and then Gillingham and then Northampton and then uh, Doncaster and then Portsmouth. Uh, it's yeah, and that's through to the 30th of January. So um, yeah, lots coming up. So it yeah. won't hurt to to have that little break. Uh, but yeah, I'm expecting a, a, a tough encounter as you always seem to get with Accrington. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's, um, you know, those Saturday, Tuesday games, there was a, a note this week as well that the Portsmouth game is now kicking off at 7 o'clock rather than 7.45 um, on that Tuesday. So that's, uh, you know, one to be aware of for uh, for getting, I say getting back from work, you know, moving from your desk if you're working from home down to the TV or whatever. Um, so you, you're in front of it in time. Um, and I actually do just, I just want to say, you know, a bit of praise for the club in terms of the I follow situation for today because I know that there was a lot of you know I, I was a little bit concerned about not having any communication about it I know they said they were going to work on it but having season ticket holders be able to to get access to the game uh, essentially for free today was was fantastic you know that was um, yeah well worked by the club there and also I did have a quick look at the sports bar um, the thing that's uh, that was set up I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head. Um, and I don't think you're going to help because you enjoy seeing me floundering. Um, is it Collab? There we go. Yes, Collab. Um, I, I checked that out last night before the game, you know, sort of overnight and uh, very briefly during the game. It was good. Yeah, it's a decent, uh, decent little setup, that is. So. If you've got uh, an internet connection that can handle it, then definitely worth checking it out during the uh, during the game. Um, but uh, I think the last bit of, of stuff that we wanted to, well, that I wanted to particularly talk about was um, was just wishing Sam Habigan well. I think. Um, have I lost Gaz? No, I'm still here. You, oh, you're still. <laughs> I don't, I don't, sorry, I don't know what you wanted me to say. Uh, just. No, there was there was just there was there was no noise. There was just nothing. I was expecting some sort of snark. Um, no, not at all. You're not going to get any snark about, <laughs> from me about Sam Habigan, who came on at half time for his Grimsby debut today as they lost three 0 There you go. Um, and you see, that's that sort of obviously you know the fact that it's Grimsby and the fact that it's us. You know, it was it was one of those where you could very very easily throw some shade out, but I don't think um, I don't think Sam's going to be you know, one of the players that would, would get that kind of a reaction. I think the fact that he came out this week and said that he's been um, he's been able to use the club's facilities since his contract expired. He's been training with the youth team recently as well. Um, I think it shows that the club had a lot of love for Sam and that he obviously has a lot, a lot of love for the club. So, um, yeah, really pleased to see him get a contract till the end of the season at Grimsby and hopefully, um, you know, he'll be able to get another club out of the National League next season. Yeah, ouch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I actually am one of these people that would just like to see Grimsby finish 22nd in League Two every year. Um, yeah. I have no wish for a, a football club and a key part of a community, however much that community smells of fish, um, to be taken away. And uh, I'd rather have Grimsby Town in the Football League than I would a, a like a, a Forest Green or a Fleetwood that have got you know no really. Well, I would say no real fan base. That's harsh because they do. But do you know what I mean like See a manufactured, cash injected, elevated? What? See what you did there. Real fan base. You know, you know all the fishing and the reels. 
Oh, okay, yeah. And I was thinking about Real Big Fish, the uh, the Scar uh, band. I will also take Real Big Fish. What a band! Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, yeah, d- yeah delighted for um, Luke, uh, Luke, Luke Waterfall. No, he's one <laughs> golf day. I'm not delighted for him. But what I'm looking at, I've got the, uh, I've got the. Um, there was three games in League Two today, and uh, Jack Muldoon scored for Harrogate. Luke Waterfall scored no goal uh, for Grimsby. Obviously, Matt Green played for Grimsby. Sam Habergam came on for Grimsby. Um, lots of former in um, going out and doing their business. So, yeah, it's all well, interesting. I mean, I think. And um, just is, a word. Sorry, well, go on. I was going to say, I think that the thing is for me, you know, as long as Sam has stayed uh, in famous Lincolnshire, that's the main thing for me. Yeah, just do you know what I think? I think the club did as well by him as they possibly could. He spoke very highly um, of of everybody connected with the club to, that helped in his development uh, and his rehabilitation, rather. So mm. it's just yeah, it's just a, it's a nice story, and I think it's hard to have any sort of animosity towards any of the players um, that played a key role in the 2016-17 season. You know, I think back to the way that Paul Fireman was treated by certain sections of the support when he left. But, you know, there'd be very few people that wouldn't wish him well now. And I think Carlisle are up there looking at being promoted and, and he's keeping goal for them. So, you know, there were some good players in that National League season uh, mm-hmm. that played for us. And they've all gone on really to have half decent careers, the ones that did well. Yeah. Um, within the game. You know, even when you look at the likes of Adam Marriott, uh, who he had suffered injuries, was in and out of the side, but he's obviously playing for Kings Lynn in the National League still. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a good season, but it was yesterday's news. You know, it was yeah. the philosopher's stone um, to our I don't know what's another bomb, goblet of fire. <laughs> I didn't want to say the Deathly Hallows because they're the last in the series, and for me, the you know that's going to be the two part when we get into the Premier League in Europe. Uh, okay, can somebody come and take Gary away, please? He's pissed no. himself for attention again. No, 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 no. I'm thinking about actors. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking back to Match Day Live. You see, I was trying to find a segue. Oh, yes. um, apparently, it's not it's not as easy as you never make it look. Um, <laughs> so there, was, there was the talk about Match Day superstitions on uh, Match Day Live, which I came up with all on my own as I was putting my socks on this morning, uh, and then somehow all of the chat has seemed to turn to. Um, if there was a story about uh, the Imps' rise through the league and it was turned into a film, who would play me? Now, first of all, my my key point with that is why would I be on it? Um, because I would, I would have no reason to be. There'd be a few other people on it before me, you know, like Danny, Nicky, Michael Appleton, um, you know, players, um, staff, all that sort of thing. Uh, well, but I did know notice... in the cameo scene when we had, when he does the live podcast. That's it. That's that's what we'd be. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I might be on it a bit more than you. I might get a bit more screen time. I don't know how. I might get a match day live <laughs> screen time as well. I might get some. Yeah. I might. I might get lines to where you might kind of be gurning away in the background. Um, but I had a think about who uh, I think should play you. Of and you I did. did see some of the notes that came. You're not actually. Do you know what? I'm not going to bloody say now because I actually think he's quite flattering. Go on. Go on. Jack, Jack Black. Okay. Yeah. I'll. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit you're more flattering than my Danny DeVito, isn't it? I was going to say you're now <laughs> scribbling out all of the uh, the ginger wankers on your notepad <laughs> because you know you don't you won't research anything proper. But when it comes to um, you know smug ginger actors, I bet you've been googling. No, I 
was going to say, you could have that. You've had to Google it. You could have the the Domhnall uh, Domhnall Gleeson, you know, the the fellow that was in um, the the Star Wars movie as General. Oh, no, you wouldn't have seen that because it's a Star Wars movie. Uh, He was also in, I want to say. Was he in About Time? Yes. Yeah, Bill Nighy. I think that was him. Yeah, that was the that was the film where I remember watching it with Fee at the cinema, and we came away. I said, "I've never watched a film where all of the gingers get the girls, and the <laughs> girls aren't the comedy ones that you know they're plumped up and put in glasses, uh, the kind of comedy foil. You know, they got all the pretty girls. I was like, there you go, gingers win. Um, and I was also quite interested because people had put things like, I mean, okay, Cordell put Ron Weasley. Um, don't like to tell you Cordell, but he's not a real person. Um, <laughs> So, uh, obviously, Rupert Grint, somebody had put Ed Sheeran, not an actor, um, mind, mindless, not not thinking it through. Uh, and nobody <laughs> thought to Google the guy that played Tormund in Game of Thrones, which disappointed me. It means my beard game is poor. So. <laughs> well, it is at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I feel like I've touched a nerve there. No, you haven't. Fee just keeps looking at it going, I like your beard when it's short. And I'm thinking, I like my beard when it's long. But I know there's this thing called compromise. Um, <laughs> I think yeah we i had that i had that once you know rach wanted a cat i didn't want a cat so we compromised and got a cat yeah that's pretty much how it seems to work i don't to be fair like we do compromise quite a bit um (laughs) he compromises and cooks most nights because um i don't know i don't want to that's fair. That's exactly how compromise works. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know what, I've come across as a right male chauvinist. That's not how it works. <laughs> at all. It's because usually I've got, I'm sat here talking to you, uh, forgetting that we're recording for people to listen to um, most nights or something like that. So, and you know, it's just bizarre. It feels at the minute like it's a Thursday night and it's not, it's a Saturday. And I think we ought to um, probably bring it to an end. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you're you're there bemoaning about oh when I was bound to my computer and all that it's like ah oh, what you like yeah but yes we shall uh, probably give it a give it a rest there and uh, this will be live uh, in the evening on Saturday I might uh, try and get it out during the uh, the aforementioned Sunderland Hull game which I think I'll try and watch are you blowing your schnoz no you're gonna get it out during Sunderland and Hull <laughs> lucky Rach. <laughs> Yeah, Rachel, if you're listening to this, <laughs> get yourself out of the house. Take the cat to <laughs> <laughs> take the cat to your mum's. No, so, no, we'll be back on Friday with uh, well, potentially on Friday, depending on the, the situation. If it's um, if if there's no game on, then we might try and figure out something uh, something record, to do on Friday. I think we record something, even if we just talk about League One and League Two. Or oh, sorry, even if I just talk about League One and League Two, and you then um, copy what I say. This podcast is starting as it's, you know, finishing as it started with me gesturing towards my webcam, even though you can't see me. Um, uh, but I it's good to know that not much is going to change on the Stacey West podcast in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we will uh, see you next week. Take care. Yeah, the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.